Welcome to We Are Meaningful, a podcast where we transform the anonymous experiences of black and brown talent into powerful audio narratives. Each month, we center the dialogue around a common theme, providing you, our listeners, with the tools and resources you need to help navigate, grow, and thrive in corporate spaces. Our stories, experiences, and our voices are meaningful. We are meaningful. Hi, everyone. This is Crystal. And this is Krista. And today we're joined by Dumevi Egbuna. Dumevi was born in Lagos, Nigeria, and immigrated to North Carolina with her family when she was two years old. She holds a bachelor's in business administration from Emory University with a concentration in marketing and strategic consulting. Wow. Her work at IBM as a black immigrant woman inspired her to co-found her platform, Diversify. Welcome, Dumebi. Hello, hello. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Can't wait to have this conversation with you and to learn more about your platform. Yes, I'm excited. So before we jump into the conversation, we want to give folks the opportunity to hear the narrative, the extraness. So let's go ahead and roll the narrative. Children growing, women producing, men go working, some do stealing. Everyone's got to make a living. I've been known to stand out from the crowd for as long as I can remember. I'm a short, curvy, brown Latina with thick, curly hair and a fierce, resting bitch face who for over a decade tried to fit into corporate America, oblivious to all of the stakes that were against me until a few years ago. I've had my previous managers describe me as intimidating, unapproachable, aggressive, dramatic, prickly, spicy, and spunky, just to name a few. I had a boss who clearly had never interacted with a person that looks like me or comes from my background. She thought we'd find common ground by talking to me about her Peruvian nanny and asking me who Felicia is. As in, bye Felicia. She made a comment about how I walked around the office, giving off an arrogant vibe like I own the place. (laughs) Interesante. Why does my confidence have to equal arrogance? Should I walk with my head down and shoulders slumped? Would that have made her feel less intimidated? I once asked my colleague if she noticed that I was treated differently by our boss. Of course she'd noticed. Everyone noticed. She said, it seems you make her uncomfortable, but I don't know why. I was just being myself. I wasn't mean, unprofessional, irresponsible, inarticulate, rude, condescending, inappropriate. I was just myself. Who else was I supposed to be? But apparently, I am just too much. In an effort to be less intimidating, I tried to be less extra. I'd stay quiet in meetings and speak last so people wouldn't think I was being too aggressive or too passionate. I'd keep my hair in a low bun, wear flats and oversized cardigans to attract less attention. I even practiced walking around with a smile plastered on my face, even though it felt ridiculous and inauthentic. At this point, I was about to break because for the life of me, I couldn't figure out what was wrong with me. Why am I so polarizing? Am I really so difficult to get along with? Am I really hard to manage? Am I supposed to dim my light because it shines too brightly in their eyes? 
Am I supposed to mute myself and become a milder, blander version to acquiesce to their standards? Am I too much? Unfortunately, having a big personality and being a woman of color is considered a double negative, especially in the corporate world. I battled with this existential dilemma for a while, but through introspection realized, I'm not the problem. They are. So after hearing the narrative, what are your initial thoughts and reactions to the story? I feel like I completely resonate with that narrative just because for kind of two different reasons. So first, I'm a six foot black woman um, and I work in tech. So it's a, you know, a white male dominated field. So um, I'm often the only black person in the room or more often than not the only black woman. Um, So I feel like in a lot of aspects of my career, I've had to shrink myself, um, whether it's being like people commenting on my appearance before they comment on my work or people assuming that like I do administrative or secretarial work just because of my identity from a gender and a racial standpoint. So I was like, when I was hearing that, I was like, oh my God, this is me. I completely understand girl. Like I'm with you. Um, so yeah, no, it completely spoke to my experience, both in like my professional and my educational careers. (sighs) That is (laughs) So stressful. And I have a random question that I want to ask you. Well, it's not so random, but do you think that you came into the workplace this way or do you feel like you learned to shrink? Because I feel like, yes, there are times where in which we've grown up as black and brown people. Our parents tell us we have to be two times better. You have to do this and you have to do that. But I also feel like we don't necessarily walk into the workplace saying I need to shrink. Maybe that I need to work harder, but not that I need to shrink. So do you feel like you walked into the workplace feeling like you needed to shrink? And if not, why do you think you developed that sort of feeling or we developed that feeling? Yeah, for me personally, it's not a foreign concept to like have to shrink myself just because one, I grew up in like the suburbs of North Carolina. So like I went to high school at a predominantly white high school. I was in like the honors and the AP classes and I was, you know, typically the only black person there. And that kind of continued into college. I went to a private um, college in Atlanta, Georgia. Um, So like, I feel like I've always occupied these spaces that were filled with white people. Um, And just in being in that setting, I feel like you always have to alter your mind to be like, oh, I'm working 10 times as hard or or even like imposter syndrome can start to creep in. Like, do I deserve to be in this space? Like, is my work good enough? So like going into the, you know, the corporate world where I knew it was going to be much of the same setting, working with, you know, older white men, older white women, um, whatever it may be. I I feel like I still had that same mindset of one, you have to work twice as hard to your work is always going to be questioned. Um, So like, let me go ahead and, you know, (laughs) prove myself, even though like that might not be like what they want. They might not feel like we have to prove them ourselves, but like we show up in that space and we're like, no, let me, let me go ahead and like show y'all that I'm not just a secretary or I'm not supposed to be at like some entry level for long. Like I have real potential to like 
bring value to this team and bring value to this space. So, um, no, it wasn't a foreign concept to me. I think it's been my whole my whole life, unfortunately. Yeah, we definitely walk in and we're like, you're going to learn today first. Right. <laughs> and then secondly, right. when you mentioned um, imposter syndrome, I just want to, I don't think you need this because you've been in the workforce for quite some time, but I'm going to say it anyway. You do belong there. Thank you. Yes. And you you belong there as like your authentic self, not a shrunken version in the shrunken place. Yes. So that was a get out reference for anybody who didn't catch it. (laughs) Wink, wink. Um, I totally relate to that, Dumebi. I remember like being being told to shrink from a young age, right? Like you're a lady, like you're a woman. You need to don't act that way. Don't say those things. Don't behave that way. And I also remember just at an early age, I don't know if it was because of my skin color, but I just didn't have a lot of people who believed me. So that same way that you're talking about, like in the workplace, we talk about it all the time with like gaslighting and stories and traumas, but even with your work, right? People always need to like double check the credentials. They're like, are you sure? They're like questioning if I'm a smart professional that's good at my job. That's something that's been happening, I think, even since we were younger, right? Like at the playground, how often is it that you see that like kids of color are typically blamed for situations Mm -hmm. where like the little white kid ran up to the teacher and was like, this happened. And I'm like, I didn't do that. And they're like, Krista, go to timeout. And I'm like, what the heck? (laughs) I was wondering what name you were going to use this time. I was about to. I was about to use a name, but I was like, let me stop using people's names before they get offended. (laughs) I was about to. Bob. Bob, Katie. I was about to be like, (laughs) and like, I don't know, Ray. um, I was going to be like, little Millicent is like running up. She's like, (laughs) Miss Miss whoever. Um, so, So it makes a lot of sense because, I mean, at least, Crystal, I think that... I actually normalized shrinking myself. Like it was an expectation. It wasn't until I met you and after my first experience, actually, that I realized that it was wrong. I was like, oh, this is normal. Like, obviously I have to shrink myself. How else am I going to get through the day? Duh. (laughs) Yeah. Unacceptable. And I will also say that even if you have learned, even if you you are sure you've been convinced, that you don't need to shrink yourself, it still creeps in. Because even though I know I shouldn't shrink myself, sometimes it feels easier to get through the day to to shrink yourself. So it's definitely something Mm -hmm. you have to continuously work at in order to keep doing it. Like you have to keep working at it because it's not just a light switch where you turn it on and off. You got to keep working at it. Absolutely. And when we talk about it, like how do stereotypes and preconceived notions, right, before we're even showing up in the space, how do they affect the way that we decide to show up? And can they actually like impact how we end up celebrating successes when we're in that space and the way that we see ourselves? Yeah, so I think stereotypes and preconceived notions, they just add an added layer of pressure for us. Like we're already, you know, stressed, wanting to be, do a good job, wanting to deliver value to our teams. But then it's also like, we want to deny whatever stereotype or preconceived mm-hmm. notion that they have about us, you know? Um, so you're just adding that extra layer of stress, which is just not needed. Um, but, you know, 
I think so people expect us to act a certain way. So like they want us or they expect us to be the angry black woman, the loud black woman, the woman who doesn't really know what she's talking about, doesn't belong in this space. Mm -hmm. Um, So that starts to settle in and you can kind of internalize that and just work. You're just putting out this like immense amount of energy to work to disprove them when you can take that energy and put it towards, you know, a passion project or doing the work that you were hired to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's frustrating in that sense. And then I think for me, when it comes to celebrating my successes, I think that, and maybe this is wrong, but I just feel like the majority has this thought of like, we will always be superior, whether that be like financially or like in our careers or whatever it may be. So like when I take my successes to like my white male friends or just my male friends, like I, sometimes I feel like, oh, they don't they feel uncomfortable hearing about this because Hmm. I'm a woman or a black woman and they Mm -hmm. shouldn't necessarily, you shouldn't reach that level of success, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's something that I've talked about, like with my therapist too, like I am 24, so I'm younger. um, And I've done a lot, like I have this platform, I'm doing well in my career or whatever it may be. So like sometimes whenever I have that extra milestone, I feel I have to pick and choose who I share that with just for mm-hmm. to not make them feel uncomfortable or to not make them feel like not confident in themselves, you know? Um, so it's, it's a weird, <laughs> it's a weird dynamic, like navigating this as a black woman, especially because I definitely think like identity plays a big part into, you know, into that. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And, and like you said, just to make them feel comfortable, we talked about this at the most recent, like bring your own snacks, but there's like a quote that's floating around somewhere that says, I'm not intimidating. You're intimidated. Right. But it's just like the narratives that we've talked about in the past. It's always so interesting how we have the burden of proof, right? We bear the burden of making them feel comfortable because they're uncomfortable because we don't fit into the box that they created in the first place. Huh? Right. <laughs> what like are we that doing? That is not our responsibility. Right. That's not the added pressure. We don't need that added pressure. It's your so. box. You you right. made it. I can't I'm I'm not in charge of maintaining it. <laughs> <laughs> I love this conversation and I want to double back a little bit on something that you said about success and sharing your success. And I'm pretty sure well, I don't know if the two of you have have seen this on LinkedIn. Um, but maybe some of our listeners have. There is a woman who works at Net- oh, no. who works at Netflix, and apparently Netflix doesn't hire like entry level software engineers. They normally just hire senior software engineers, and you normally le- need like five years of experience in order to be hired. Well, she got in with two years of experience, and she is a black woman. And I don't know if you all have heard of the platform Blind, but basically there were some white men on the platform who basically said, oh, she was just hired because she's black. black. They're lowering the standards for software engineers for this person because they, they apparently saw her. I guess she popped up on their LinkedIn feed as someone that may work at the same company as them. But it was just so disgusting yeah. To know. And I mean, I've been on blind. It's so toxic. Um, I'm sure. <laughs> because everyone's saying what they want to say and it's anonymous. No one knows who you are. You're like yeah. a keyboard thug. 
But um, it was just mm-hmm. so disgusting to hear that. But what what did give me comfort is that there were so many people who worked with her at Netflix and others who stepped up to say that this person earned this role. We didn't give it to her. Like, she deserves to be here. She belongs here. So I can only hope that she feels more comfort with where she is and that she doesn't feel like an imposter just because some white dude on blind said, we must be lowering our standards for black software engineers. No, she belongs there. So if you don't like it, leave. Right. So disgusting. Because if it was a white man, they would have just been like, oh my gosh, Kevin's a prodigy. Exactly. (laughs) How did did we land such a genius? And it's like, come on. So... Yeah, you're right. Disgusting. So disgusting. So you've been in the workplace, I mean, for quite some time, I would say. You developed this platform. As you mentioned, you're very successful in your career. How would you say you've shifted your perspective? And if there's someone who's listening right now who hasn't yet shifted their perspective, what advice would you give to them about muting their identity? or telling them not to mute their identity if that's what they feel comfortable with? Yeah. Um, So I'll start with kind of how I've learned or how I've shifted my perspective. So I think I've just taken off that added layer of pressure. I've just learned that people's perception of me is none of my business. Mm, Um, business. People's like, (laughs) it's none (laughs) of my business. Like I, I honestly, I used to show up to like meetings and I would literally be the only black woman. And like people used to like, I said this, I, people used to comment on my appearance before they comment on like, Oh, like what job do you do? Or like, what are you doing here? You know? Um, and I took that to like some of my friends and I started having this discussion of like, I don't want to be like this pretty girl in the office. Like I want to be like, I'm here to do a job and I want to do that job well. Um, and they were like, you know, that's not, like, they are in marriages, they're not used to working with someone so young, like, their perception of you has nothing to do with, like, the work that you're actually delivering, just because they're saying that doesn't mean um, you're not delivering good work, and I was like, I'm gonna just take that ideology into all aspects, like, whether they think that I'm gonna be, like, a secretary or administrator, like, whatever they perceive that my, I'm worth, like, that's none of my business, I'm gonna do what I'm here to do, and I'm gonna, you know, show the value that I know that I can bring, um, so one, that is how I've shifted, you know, my perspective. And then two, I think for someone who's muting their identity, I think that black women are always taught that we are asking for too much um, just because we know our worth, right? So I'm, I think one of the best pieces of advice that I've ever gotten is they don't know that you want it until you ask for it. Um, and to me, that just means like, don't, if you know your value, you know your worth, don't be afraid to, you know, speak up and be like, no, I deserve X, Y, Z. Um, because I think we limit ourselves sometimes where it's like, oh, they perceive me as this way. I'm just going to continue to be this way when I know that I can be doing so much more. Um, so yeah, ask for, if you want it, ask for it, go get it. Um, only person holding you back, you know, in that mindset is you. So, so we are you really preaching today to me I think Um, (laughs) because I have an executive coach and I've been talking with her for like over a month now and as we have these conversations um, sometimes I want her to give me the answer but 
obviously she's there to help me find the answer. And a lot of times when we're having a conversation, it all goes back to fear and perception. Why didn't you do this, Crystal? Because I feared X and I perceived Y. And it is Hmm. so much internal work that needs to be done for you to unlearn the things that you've learned along the way, whether that's been through your family, whether that's been through work experience, whether that's been through your friends, whatever it's been, it definitely takes some internal work for you to unlearn those, those things. Because yes, there are systemic issues that work against us in corporate spaces, But I would also say that there are some situations where we have perceptions, whether they are true or not, that could also be holding us back. Um, And again, it's just internal work that has to be done. Yeah. Right. And we always talk about this shift, too. Um, And I think we did also talk about this at Bring Your Own Snacks, where there has to be so much like reflection and awakening and empowerment just in order for us to like show up as our authentic selves and to feel comfortable we have to do all of this inner work Mm -hmm. just to fight a box that's (laughs) been that was predetermined before we were even born right um so I think a lot of the time people are like I don't get I don't get what you're complaining about I don't get it I don't get what the big deal is and it's like I know you don't get it because I'm a whole different person every day Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have to do a whole set of like circus acts in order for you to feel comfortable. I know you don't get it. You're never going to get it, Bill. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> Hold up. Wait. How many people have been on this call? Bill, Kevin, Katie, Bob. I mean, who else is coming? Any other personas you got in there? I have no idea. We'll just have to wait and see. But to to that point, right, a lot of the time they're in a position of power and whether it, yeah. it they can be our peer it doesn't matter they still have a level level of privilege that is equal to power that is what privilege is privilege means that you have access to more power than another group does so what role does power play in people's perception of us and how can we take the power back to maybe yeah so i think so when we look at society as a whole or just even like leadership teams in corporate America, um, everything is being run by white men. Um, and when people in power are white men, they kind of expect us to assimilate to their quote unquote culture or assimilate to their perception of us. So I think there's great power in rejecting their norms and rejecting their expectations and still rising, you know, above anything that they have boxed us in as. Um, so we reclaim our power by embracing our identity as black women. Um, as well as bringing other Black women with us in our chosen fields. Yes, yes. Snaps all the way around, all of that. (laughs) And we had a guest on the podcast, I don't know, what was it, Krista, a couple months ago, um, and she's also joined us for a couple of Bring Your Own Snacks events, Brittany J. Harris, where she talked a lot about white supremacy and how she has actually delved into learning more about white supremacy. So she understands what the expectations are of white supremacy. So when she gets in the mindset of things that I've learned throughout my life, she recognizes this as white supremacy. So I need to snap out of 
whatever it is that I'm right. thinking and I need to do something different because I understand what it's meant to do to me and I'm not going to let it do it. Yep. Yeah. Like even us not asking for like the next promotion or the next opportunity, it, it, it upholds the standard of white supremacy, you know, that like white men are supposed to be ahead of us, that we're not supposed to be in the same power positions as them. Um, so like getting that just out of our heads, it's none of our business again. None and of just my black business. <laughs> going after, it's none of my black business. <laughs> I'm going to go on. I'm going to ask for what I want and what I deserve. And, you know, I think that will open a whole new avenue for like black women in this space. You know, Crystal, I don't know what this narrative is doing to me that I keep talking about my childhood. Everybody, thank you. <laughs> thank you for this ride. When I was younger, I grew up in like an all white church and I had this one, just this shrew of a woman who would always tell me to mind my own business. Like if I was asking a question or I was inquiring about something or she would be like, know your place. She would say that to me all the time. Not my mother. Um, so I think it's interesting that you're talking about this like it's not our business. And that really does give me the power to be like, well, it's not my business. What you yep. think of me is not my business. And it's definitely not going to be my concern. I mean, I say that now. I wonder how I'll feel in a week when a coworker <laughs> might have an issue with me. But I'm going to continue to say it and speak it into existence. So thank you, Demetri. It'll be our mantra. It'll be our mantra right. going forward. There will, be, there will be situations that bring you back to that. But Yes, <laughs> we got our title. Not my right. business. Not, this not is not my business. business. I love not it. my business. <laughs> I'm so excited your problem, right your, your problem with me, not my business. Not my business. <laughs> <laughs> I love this. So as we wrap up this episode, I really want you to share more about your platform, Diversify, and how people can connect with the platform as well as you on social media. Yeah, so I've kind of shared on this like a little bit about my experience in corporate America, but um, that experience really prompted me to start Diversify with my brother. Um, so Diversify is essentially an anonymous career review platform for minorities um, with the goal of helping diverse talent find companies that respect their differences, um, where they can succeed and like they can, you know, progress in their careers. Um, so what separates us from other career review platforms like a Glassdoor and Indeed um, is that we have portraits assigned to each one of our stories. So portraits is your demographic information. So age, race, gender, sexual orientation, uh, disability and veteran status. And that way our users can go on and filter our stories to find experiences from people who look wow. similar to them. So like as a black woman, I want to find reviews or stories from other black women because that's probably going to most closely align with my experience at a prospective company. Um, you know, I think minorities right now, especially where like race is at the forefront of conversations, like we have some particular questions that we need answered before we can, you know, hop on board. Um, so that's kind of one reason that we started it. And then the other, on the flip side, it's just like, it's a safe space for minority employees to share their experiences and share some of their grievances or positive experiences at a company um, without the fear of retaliation. So um, if you want to learn more, visit us on www.diversify.com. Um, and then we're on Instagram at Diversify Inc. Yes, because you know Glassdoor will just, they don't honor our stories. I'm telling you right now. No, we, we, we've no. talked about this on another episode. They do not honor our stories. You say the wrong word on a glass door right. review, it'll never <laughs> be posted ever. It will never, never see the light of day. 
Um, and we yes, did, they're looking for any little thing. Yes, and we had another guest that came on that was talking about an organization that she worked for where there were like tons of negative reviews and then one day all of them were gone. And somehow she found out. I don't know how she found out. I don't remember. But yeah, they basically said the CEO of the company, because all the reviews were bad about the CEO. The CEO basically said that this person wrote all the reviews, even though she didn't. And Glassdoor like removed all of them. We won't do that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for all your stories. Or- you, right. right. No, we are really... Yeah, we're really dedicated to just transparency because I think that's that's what's needed right now. Every company is publishing their, you know, their diversity numbers. But like how many of your black, your Latino, your um, disabled, your LGBTQ employees are enjoying their experience? Yeah, they work there. But, you know, what are you doing to retain and to progress them? So um, that's kind of the transparency we hope to deliver. Yes, for sure. And all these companies that are publishing these numbers. Please share your attrition numbers with us and your promotion numbers. Like all these, like, this is who's coming in. This is who is here. Great. But give me a little more context, please. Give me a little more context. (laughs) I agree. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the We Are Meaningful podcast. Follow us on Instagram at wearemeaningful.co and visit our website to learn more about our community and how you can get involved. We're excited to hear your thoughts on today's episode. Talk to you next week.